Welcome back to Sister Alec Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church-related. My name is Allison C. Holt, and I am your host. Today, we are going to delve into the book of Leviticus as we continue on our journey through the Bible. We've already talked about the book of Genesis. We've already talked about the book of Exodus. Now, we're in the book of of Leviticus. We're still in the book of Moses. Moses wrote these books. So let's see what we're going to find out in the book of Leviticus. We're going to talk about chapter 1 and we're going to talk about chapter 11 on today. I am going to be reading from the NIV version of the Bible. However, my preferred version is the King James Version, but I will read from the NIV Version to make it clear for our new believers. Leviticus chapter 1, and let us read. The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the Ten of Meetings. He said, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you... When any of you bring an offering to the Lord, bring as your offering an animal from either the herd or the flock. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. Now, why does the Bible say male specifically? Well, because females gave out uh, milk and females were able to produce more flocks. So that's a reason why God said male. Let us read. If the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect, without blemish. He must present it at the entrance of the tent of meetings, at the tent of the, at the tabernacle, in other words, so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. He is to lay his hands on the head of the burnt offering and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He is to slaughter the young bull before the Lord and when Aaron's sons, the priest, shall bring the blood and, sprinkling, and sprinkle it against the altar on all sides at the entrance of the tent of meetings. He is to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, are to put fire on the altar and arrange the wood on the fire. Then Aaron's sons, the priest, shall arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat, on the burning wood that is on the altar. He is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water and the priest is to burn all of it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Now, if the offering is a burnt offering from the flock, from either the sheep or the goats, he is to offer a male without defect. He is to slaughter it at the north side of the altar before the Lord. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall sprinkle his blood against the altar on all sides. He is to cut it into pieces, and the priest shall arrange them, including the head and the fat, 
on the burning wood that is on the altar. So he he is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water and the priest is to bring all of it and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire and aroma pleasing to the Lord. Now, if the offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, he is to offer a dove or a young pigeon. The priest shall bring it to the altar Ring off the head and burn it on the altar. Its blood shall be drained out on the side of the altar. He is to remove the crop with its contents and throw it to the east side of the altar where the ashes are. He shall tear it upon, tear it open by the wings not severing it completely and then the priest shall burn it on the wood that is on the fire on the altar it is a burnt offering an offering made by fire and aroma pleasing unto the lord my god that is leviticus the first chapter we are going to move over to leviticus the 11th chapter and see what the lord has to say before we break down some portions of the scripture now leviticus the 11th chapter and it reads the lord said to moses and aaron say to the israelites of all the animals that live on land these are the ones you may eat you may eat any animal that has a split hoof completely divided and that chews the cud. There are some that only chew the cud or only have a split hoof, but you must not eat them. The camel, though it chews the cud, does not have a split hoof. It is ceremonially unclean to you. The coney, Though it chews the cud, does not have a split hoof. It is unclean to you. The rabbit, though it chews the cud, does not have a split hoof. It is unclean to you. And the pig, though it has a split hoof, completely divided, does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. You must not eat their meat or touch their carcasses. They are unclean to you. Of all the creatures living in the water of the sea and the streams, you may eat any that have fins and scales. But all creatures in the sea or streams that do not have fins or scales whether among all the swarming things or among all the other living creatures in the water, you are to detest. And since you are to detest them, you must not eat their, their meat and you must detest their carcasses. Anything living in the water that does not have fins and scales is to be detestable to you these are the birds you are to detest and not eat because they are detestable the eagle the vulture the black vulture the red kite 
any kind of black kite, any kind of raven, the horn owl, the screech owl, the gull, any kind of hawk, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the white owl, the desert owl, the osprey, the stork, any kind of heron, the hoop, hoop, hoopy, and the bad. My God, you can't eat no kind of owl, according to the Lord. He's, he remembered the details. Remember the details. God is very detailed in what he gives us as instructions. So we must listen to the details as he did here with the children of Israel. All flying insects that walk on all fours are to be detestable to you. There are, however, some winged creatures that walk on all fours that you may eat. Those that have jointed legs for hopping on the ground. Of these, you may eat any kind of locust, catadid, cricket, or grasshopper. But all other winged creatures that have four legs, you are to detest. My God from Zion. So you can eat a a cricket you can eat a grasshopper <laughs> according to the book of leviticus as he told the children of israel and i'm just i'm just saying these things but remember we're talking about uh the diet that god gave the children of israel and we know that a lot of things uh were taken a lot of laws i should say we're not taken away from us when jesus came and died upon the cross for our sins jesus fulfilled the laws for us when he died upon the cross for our sins i just wanted to put that in there okay so we talked about the insects let's see you will make yourselves unclean by these whoever touches these carcasses will be unclean till evening Whoever picks up one of their carcasses must wash his clothes and he will be unclean till evening. Every animal that has a split hoof, not completely divided or that does not chew the cud is unclean for you. Whoever touches the carcass of any of them will be unclean. Of all the animals that walk on all fours, those that walk on their paws are unclean for you. Whoever touches their carcasses will be unclean till evening. Anyone who picks up their carcasses must wash his clothes and he will be unclean until evening. Listen to the details. They are unclean for you. Of the animals that move about on the ground, these are unclean for you. The weasel, the rat, any kind of great lizard, the gecko, the, the monitor lizard, the wall lizard, the skink, and the uh, chameleon. Of all those that move along the ground, these are unclean for you. Whoever touches them when they are dead will be unclean till evening. When one of them dies and falls on something, that article whatever it is will be unclean whether it be made of wood cloth hide or sight cloth put it in water 
it will be unclean till the evening and then it will be clean if one of them falls into a clay pot everything in it will be unclean and you must break the pot any food that could be eaten but has water on it from such a pot is unclean and any liquid that could be drunk from it is unclean anything that one of their carcasses fall on becomes unclean <coughs> excuse me an oven or cooking pot must be broken up they are unclean and you are to regard them as unclean a spring however or a cistern for collecting water remains clean listen at the details but anyone who touches one of these carcasses is unclean if a carcass falls on any seed that are to be planted they remain clean my god the seed remains clean but if water has been put on the seed and a carcass falls on it it is unclean for you <coughs> excuse me if any animal that you are allowed to eat dies anyone who touches the carcass will be unclean to eating anyone who eats some of the carcass must be must wash his clothes and he will be unclean to eating anyone <coughs> excuse me <coughs> anyone who eats some of the carcass must wash his clothes and he will be unclean to evening anyone who picks up the carcass must wash his clothes and he will be unclean to evening every creature that moves about on the ground is detestable it is not to be eaten you are not to eat any creature that moves about on the ground whether it moves on its belly or walks on it all fours or any many feet it is detestable do not defile yourselves by any of these creatures do not make yourselves unclean by means of them or be made unclean by them i am the lord your god consecrate yourselves and be holy because i am holy do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves about on the ground i am the lord who brought you up out of egypt to be your god <coughs> excuse me therefore be holy because i am holy these are the regulations concerning animals birds every living thing that moves on the water in the water and every creature that moves about on the ground you must distinguish between the unclean and the clean between living creatures that may be eaten and those that may not be eaten my god from zion what a reading what a reading of the book of leviticus the first and the 11th chapter now we are going to talk about <coughs> a breakdown a little bit about the book of Leviticus and I'm going to let you go now the book of Leviticus is a literary expression of God's desire 
for his holiness to be reflected in the lives of his covenant people, which is Israel. So God is holy. Therefore, he wants the people to be holy. Now, in order to be holy, there got to be some uh, or must be some rules and some regulations that are set. And the people must know those rules and regulations. Now, as we come unto Christ, <coughs> we're new believers. And we have to know the rules and the regulations of Christianity. We have to know what we can't do and what we can do. Or we need to know the things that will make us basically, let's look at it this way. Not what we can't and what we can do. Let's look at what will allow us to become close to God. To become God's friend. To become holy. To become a person that God looks upon uh, with admiration let us learn those things and let us live that way instead of looking at what we can't do oh we can't do this in christianity we can't do no we don't want to look at it like that we want to look at what is going to make us become closer to god give us a leeway give us an open door give us a path to make us be god's friend listen those people in the Bible, as we learn and as we go on our Bible study journey through the Bible, we will learn that there are some that God called his friend. There are some that were so close to God that they did not see death, not upon this earth. God just came and took them away. So we want to get as close to God as we can. So therefore, we want to learn what is needed to get close to God. Now, the book of Leviticus tells us that. The book of Leviticus is broken down into two major parts. The way to approach God by sacrifice, which we can find in chapters 1 through 16. <clears throat> and the way to walk in holiness before God by separation, where it starts in chapter 17, which we just read from 17, chapter 17 through the 27th seventh chapter now let's talk about the way to approach god <clears throat> uh the first division the chapters one through 16 provides a handbook on sacrifice for both the people and for the priests it provides records of ceremonial events the inauguration of aaronic priesthood the people or the children of aaron the offspring of aaron were chosen by god to be the priest and so we when we read in uh chapter one we read how the priests were to assist the individual in making their sacrifice so these are the children of aaron that is the priesthood <clears throat> and also uh these chapters talk about the sacrificial system how to sacrifice unto god now also in these first um 16 chapters we find <clears throat> detailed regulations concerning diets what they can eat and what they could not eat <clears throat> and how that kept them from disease unless the worshipers became ceremonially unclean you didn't want to become unclean and go before god you wanted to be clean before you go before god and that's what we can do here uh we can 
we can break that down into our lives today here in 2024 there is a way that we are to go before god and we have to go before him holy we want to go before him clean lest we die as in the days of moses the priest if they did not uh go through the process the cleaning process to go before god before they went into the holy of holies they went in there basically how we could say it any kind of way they will fall down dead so there's a process of how you go before god also these chapters tell us how to present or they presented the day of atonement told us about tells us about the day of atonement but we didn't read about it here in chapters one and chapter 17 but uh in between chapters one through 16 you will learn about the day of atonement and how the priesthood and the nation the nation of israel could restore and maintain their fellowship with god that is what's found in chapters 1 through 16 also we find the five basic sacrifices on the altar the burnt offering the grain offering the fellowship offering the sin offering and the guilt off offering and they're in no particular order here as i read them but we know there are five basic sacrifices <coughs> excuse me on the altar that's the burnt offering the grain offering the fellowship the sin and the guilt offering now in chapter 17 we learn chapter 17 explains the significance of the blood in the sacrifices <clears throat> because in chapter one we read how the priest would sprinkle the blood around the altars we didn't read chapter seven what, what chapter did we read we read we read chapter 11. am i supposed to read well chapter 11 is what we read and we read about the clean and the unclean um the clean and the unclean animals my god from zion i got so many notes i got notes on chapter 17 and we didn't even read chapter 17 today but we read about the clean and the unclean animals what's clean what you can uh eat what was considered clean unto god and what was considered unclean now let's do a little bit of breaking down here of chapters one and chapter 11. Now, chapter one details the laws concerning burnt offerings, which were a form of sacrifice to God. The chapter outlines specific procedures for offering animals such as cattle, sheep, goats, and birds. The key elements of the chapter include types of offerings. The offerings could be formed or could be from the herd, like a bull. It could be from a flock, like sheep and goats, it could be birds like turtle doves and young pigeons depending on the offerer's means depending on the offerer's status <clears throat> so you gave what you had basically and that's one thing that we can learn from this even though we do not sacrifice animals on today 
2024. We not we do not since Jesus came and died upon the cross for our sins. Jesus was our sacrifice for us. Now we do not have to uh, go get an animal and cut it in pieces and place it specifically on the altar and. Um, the certain form of fashion. We don't have to sprinkle the blood upon the altar. Jesus' blood, the blood that he shed for us, the blood that ran down his face when they put <clears throat> the crown of thorns on his head, the blood that came out of his side when they pierced him in his side with a, with a, uh, a sword or a spear, the blood that came out of his body when they whipped him they whipped him oh my god the whip had <coughs> metal at the tips of the whip so every time they whipped him and they pulled the whip back it it ripped the flesh from his body so he bled that blood come on somebody we don't want to get off track here but that is the blood the blood that Jesus shed when he died, when he was crucified, that blood is a sacrifice, our, our sacrificial offering, if you will. You can hear uh, people say, I plead the blood of Jesus. We are pleading spiritually and by faith, the blood of Jesus, there is power in the blood of Jesus. And though when we plead the blood, when we plead the blood of Jesus, we are calling on that power that is in his blood that he shed upon the cross for our sins. Listen, Jesus was the sacrifice for us. So we do not have to go to an altar and sacrifice an animal anymore. <clears throat> Let me get back on track because it's easily to get off track when you're talking about Jesus and what he did for us. He didn't have to do it, but he did it. He is he's God, the son of God. He was royalty. And he came down in a body just like yours and just like mine and he went through just like we do today. Listen, he was tempted in every area. Anything that you're tempted in, Jesus was tempted in it and he was without sin. He's the only perfect person that has ever touched the face of this earth. The only one then and the only one that will be is Jesus Christ. So therefore, my God and Zion, I'm talking about Jesus now. I need to get back to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 1. The types of off offering, the herd, the flock, the birds, whatever financial means, financial status, whatever status that they had, that's what they offered. And that for us today, whatever whatever status that we are in, whatever, whatever we have, that's what we offer unto God. We don't want to be like somebody else. We don't we talked about it in the Ten Commandments. We're not supposed to cover what I covet what our neighbors have or what somebody else has you give what you got unto the lord you give what you got unto the lord hear me you give what you got what you have you give it unto the lord and he will accept it <coughs> when you are giving it from your heart as we find out here when we go down 
it will be a, like a sweet smelling savior, a sweet smelling aroma that is acceptable unto the Lord. We do not have to kill animals. We do not kill chickens and cats and dogs and whatever the case may be. We don't do that. Not to sacrifice them to God. Why? Because Jesus already did it for us. So those are the type of offerings that the children of Israel had to give. Now it was voluntary in nature. Listen, God don't make you do anything. God does not make you do anything. It, you, you're free. You, you have free choice. You choose right or you choose wrong. God is not going to make you do right. He's not going to make you offer up a sacrifice unto him. He is not going to make you give anything to him. He's not going to make you give your heart to him. He's not going to make you pray. He's not going to make you do any of that. It's voluntary in nature. The sacrifices, the burnt offerings are voluntary. They symbolize the offer's dedication and commitment to God. So your prayer life, your study life, your whatever it is, your spiritual life, whatever you're doing spiritually to, to, to have fellowship with God is voluntary. You do not have to, or God, in other words, God is not going to make you do it. It's on your own accord. Is voluntary. See, this this is what we're learning for ourselves here today from these detailed instructions that God has given the children of Israel here in the book of Leviticus. Now, <clears throat> the procedure for the offering, God gives specific instructions for each type of animal, including laying hands on the animal's hair. What does that symbolize? That symbolizes the identification with the offering. You are identifying yourself with that offering. This is my offering unto God. So I lay my hands on the head of this animal. <clears throat> Slaughtering the animal and the priest's role in sprinkling blood around the altar. And we just talked about that, the blood of Jesus. That's why we plead the blood and we're pleading, we're saying, you know, we're calling on the power that's in the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus uh, on uh, over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. I plead the blood of Jesus over my house from the, uh, <clears throat> from the rooftop down to the foundation. I plead the blood of Jesus on my property, the four corners of my property. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. Come on, somebody. There's power in the blood. That's why we call upon the blood of Jesus. Why? Jesus, he he died upon the cross for our sins. He made an open show of principalities and powers. He went, when he died, he went down first. Oh my God from Zion. He didn't go up to heaven. He went down first to, to, to handle his business down there in the pits of hell with dealt with Satan and all of his 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 what do you want to call it all of his uh, uh um my god all of his demons all of his followers he went down first then he went up my god from Zion Jesus did it he handled his business so Jesus the power in the there is power in the blood of Jesus don't make no mistake 
stake. There is power in the blood. We know and we've learned here in the book of Leviticus that the blood, Jesus, God, there is a significance in the blood. We do not, and actually that's in the uh, chapter 17. It talks about the significance of the blood. There's life in the blood, in the blood of the animals. That's why the blood had to be drawn out of the animal prior to the burning. Prior to what they did, they drained the blood. Why? Because the blood was life force. There's a, a respect given to the blood of the animals, just like there's respect given to uh, the blood of man. Why? Because there is life. The blood gives life. And we have to respect that. The life of a creature is in the blood. The blood is identified as life. So not eating the blood shows respect for the sanctity of life. Come on, somebody. Also, not eating of the blood shows respect for its sacredness as the vehicle of atonement. Sprinkling the blood, that's an atonement. Come on, somebody. We're going we gonna to get out of that. That's, ver that's chapter 17. Maybe we'll go to chapter 17 in another podcast and, and, and find out what's all in the blood. As a matter of fact, we will do that. We'll go to chapter Leviticus chapter 17 and find out what all this blood talk is all about. My God from Zion. Let's go ahead on chapter 1. Handling the offering. Details are provided on how to cut and arrange the animal's parts on the altar and the burning process. The burning of the offering symbolizes the offering ascending to God. <clears throat> so God gives detailed information and, and the Bible talks about the pleasing aroma to the Lord. The act of burning the offering is described as creating a pleasing aroma unto the Lord. So when you burn or when they burn the offering, the smoke went up unto God and it went unto his nostrils as a pleasing aroma and it was acceptable unto god therefore the offering was acceptable unto god now if we go and we go out there all willing nearly just doing whatever you know just coming any kind of way and I'm, I'm i'm bringing it back to 2024 and we just going before god any kind of way you know we <coughs> we at the club on saturday night you know we getting down we doing everything that we're big enough to do but then we get in the church choir or go to church on sunday mornings and we're trying to send up an offering to god no we coming to god all willy-nilly and it's not acceptable to god come on somebody god said he wants people to be holy that's why he's giving out these details how to be holy before him how to present a uh acceptable sacrifice unto him and that is what we are learning today as new believers we are learning how to present ourselves as a sacrifice holy and pleasing unto god so we just can't go before him any kind of way we have to be holy there's detailed detailed information of how we are supposed to go 
before God and let our sacrifice be pleasing in his nostrils. When we pray, there's a way that we go before God. There's a way to pray that will make it pleasing unto him. Now, as we're learning how to pray, we say what we know. We we go before him and we say what we know. And God knows, God knows the heart of every man. And he knows, he knows if you don't know what to say and how to say it, God knows that. But when you know and you just go before him any kind of way, yeah, he knows that as well. So we have to present ourselves holy and acceptable unto God. <laughs> which is our reasonable service <laughs> and we have to give a sacrifice that will come into his nostrils as a sweet smelling fragrance as an aroma that is pleasing to him and this is what the children of israel were they were learning this here in the book of leviticus now the focus of leviticus one is on the proper approach to worship, the proper approach to worship and the seriousness approaching God, a holy God. Emphasizing the need for an atonement and consecration in the Israelite religion. My God from Zion, that's what we learn in Leviticus the first chapter now what do we learn in Leviticus the 11th chapter as we begin to read the Bible lays out specific guidelines for clean and unclean animals that's what we learn determining which ones can be eaten and which ones that could not be eaten and let me give you a brief summary of the animals that could be eaten and the animals that could not be eaten that's found in Leviticus the 11th chapter now, the animals that could be eaten were land animals, animals <clears throat> that had cloven hooves and chew the cud. Basically, they ate grass. These animals included animals like cows, sheep, goat, and deer. They talked about sea creatures that could be eaten. All creatures in the water that have both fins and scales could be eaten eaten listen fins and scales the birds that could be eaten were certain birds that were allowed all those specific ones are listed in this chapter is <coughs> more about which birds are forbidden this chapter tell us about the birds that are forbidden which we're going to get to that now insects could be eaten and a certain type of locusts crickets and grasshoppers could be eaten. Now the animals that could not be eaten, we'll go back to land animals. These animals could not be eaten. Those that did not have both cloven hooves and chew the cud. These animals included pigs, rabbits, and camels. Of the sea creatures, anything in the water that does not have both Fins and scales like shellfish, eels, and catfish. You know, a catfish is smooth. A catfish does not have scales. So, 
that is one thing that was not to be eaten by <coughs> the children of Israel. Also, the birds that were not to be eaten, and we read this, birds of prey, scavengers, birds of prey like the eagle, scavengers like the vultures, the waterfowl, um, the heron are prohibit, prohibited. Uh, the owls were prohibited. That includes eagles, vultures, owls, and bats, in other words. The insects that were prohibited. Most insects, except for specific types of locusts, crickets, and grasshoppers that were mentioned. Now, reptiles, you know, anything that moved on the ground, we read about it. Reptiles and amphibians are all considered unclean. <coughs> Excuse me. This is what God told the children of Israel. And all rodents, all types of rodents, rats, and all those scurrying around were considered unclean. Now these dietary, because it was a, a certain diet that God wanted the people of Israel to abide by. Now these dietary laws were significant in the cultural and religious practices of the Israelites. Listen, listen. These dietary things, these things uh, uh, kept the people healthy. Listen, they were in the wilderness with Moses. The Bible tells us in the Exodus how they were out there all these years and their clothes didn't wear and they were healthy. Come on, somebody. And there are reasons why these things took place, why their clothes didn't wear out, why they were out there healthy. Well, one reason why is because of what they ate, what they could eat and what they couldn't eat. Because as we find out here today, certain things open the door for disease. Certain things open the door for disease. High blood pressure. Come on, somebody. Cancers. Come on, somebody. Talk with me. Some things that we eat are not good for us. Yes, it tastes good. Yes, that bacon is delicious. That ham. Mm, 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 mm. But is it good for us? Is it healthy for us? Does it open the door to high blood pressure? Come on, somebody. So let us think on what we have learned today as we are journeying through the Bible here at Sister Alley Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. And listen, the year 2024 is the year that we're going to journey through the Bible. We will not talk about every chapter, every uh, um, book, but we are going to hit some key points some points that will help us as new believers or help you as new believer because i'm not a new believer but i'm on this journey with you so we're gonna learn afresh we started at the very beginning we started in the book of genesis and we are going to go all the way to the book of revelation that is what we're doing on Sister Alec Cat's Tea Podcast in the year of 2024. And in between, I pray 
that we will hit on some other topics as well. Um, I got to finish the book of John. If you're a follower of this podcast, we got to finish the book of John. And I promise that we will talk about warfare in the year of 2023, which we didn't get to talk about. But listen, let me tell you, I said at the beginning of 2023, it was going to be a year of warfare. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, but for me, it was a year of warfare. And so it's no excuse, but I didn't get to talk about warfare because I was in it. And we're going to go ahead and talk about a bit of warfare uh, on this year as well, since we didn't get to get to it in 2023. So I, uh, I have my notes for it. I just got to get it together so we can talk about it and find out how to war here in 2024 listen let me tell you now there's some things coming some things coming our way in 2024 that we're gonna know we're gonna need it's gonna be a need a must it's gonna be imperative it's gonna be critical that we know how to war in the spirit and it's coming in 2024 therefore i have got to uh, get out here and teach our new believers or give some information to our new believers on warfare so we will be able to stand in this last day that we're living in. We know the tricks and the, uh, the test of the devil. The Bible said we know his devices and we need to help the new people i call them newbies we have we need to help the newbies learn the devices of the enemy so they can war in this time that we're living in okay once again i want to thank you for listening to Sister cast tea where we talk about all things church related listen please like comment follow and share follow this ministry on all social media platforms we now have a youtube channel which is fresh out of the gates um bible basics builder look for bible basics builder on youtube look for allison c hope on youtube it is fresh out of the gate bible basics builder our youtube channel Go to our website, Light in Darkness. Uh, you're already listening to us on Sister Alley Cat's Tea Podcast. We have some things that's going on here in 2024. And listen, it is going to be needed for the time that we are facing in the near future. Let us pray. May God bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may... He be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen.